Welcome to Work-Life Balance, a podcast by Alanza Wellness. Here, we bring you meaningful conversations with human capital experts, from CEOs, HR and benefit specialists, to researchers and innovators, who share their ideas on the solutions, services, and products that help create happier, more fulfilled teams and better work-life balance in an era where that's harder than it's been for any generation before. This is a podcast by Alanza Wellness, the emotional wellness platform for family balance and the future. I'm Catherine Hendy, one of its founders, with a big passion for the science and services that make us more well. You know, I, I've just seen over the, the, the last handful of years, you know, the more we work on culture, it just continues to ripple all sorts of good, good things that happen around here. Christian has gone down from 130% 2012 to under 30. Today, we'll hear my conversation with Jason Lippert, president and CEO of LCI Industries, a $4.5 billion revenue specialist component manufacturing company that's listed on the New York Stock Exchange. I spoke to Jason about his really ambitious and impactful approach to improving employee wellness at LCI, which he says has transformed the company and the lives of not just its employees, but also their families. Hi, Jason. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Catherine. Maybe we could just kick off by hearing a bit about you and what LCI does. Sure, sure. Well, we've been in business since 56. It was a, started as a family business. Um, today, we're you know about $5 billion in sales, Fortune 1000 company. We've got about 15,000 team members in about 30, 30 different states. Um, 13 different countries. I've been, I've been leading the company uh, for the last 20 years and been with the company for almost 28 years. It's hard to say that, but out loud. But, uh, um, you know, we've got a great team and we're doing great things. We've, we've been on a, a pretty amazing culture journey the last 10 years, which has led to some of the health and wellness things that we're doing today. So, yeah, let's dive into some of those. So, you've got 15,000 people, which is a huge team and spread across lots of different geographies. So, you've got kind of a lot of diversity of lifestyles and cultures going on there. How do you even think about keeping that group of people happy and productive? Well, you know, it's, it's for us, it starts with values. Um, you know, if we're all lined up with the values and people believe in the values of the, of the company um, and we're consistent, we do what we say, you know, people just tend to stay longer. Um, they want to be with a company like that, I've found. Um, a lot of companies out there don't stay lined up to values. So that's why people hop around all the time. But, you know, we, we tend to, we've, we've driven a lot of retention over the years because we stay lined up to values and that's what we're known for. So we can tend to get a lot of things done and have impact uh, with our team members. And, you know, I think I, I, I listen to the 15,000 number, but I, I really think of the business as, you know, 50,000 people because, you know, all of our team members go home, have families and have direct impacts, you know, through the day that they have with us on the team member or the, the family members that they, they're around on a regular basis. So our, our impact, you know, our business impact in general is a lot more massive than the, the team members that you, you have coming to the business every day. Mm, yeah, that's such an important point. It's that crossover between work and life now. Yeah, isn't isn't as clear as it was before. Have you been noticing yeah. that, particularly since the pandemic? Right. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I mean, um, you know, I, I I think that the longer your team members get in, you know, are, are with your business and get invested, 
um, it tends the the separation of work and life tends to be more you know less existent. It's just it's all together. Uh, people that job hop around, I mean, I can see how they can split work and life up easy. But once you're committed to a company, you're bringing your passion and energy to a company every day, and you're you're bought into the leadership, and you're you're there for the leadership. You're you know people are serving each other. It just becomes more of you know life and work get more intertwined. I think you know we do call our team members team members or family members um, just because from a mindset standpoint it gets people conditioned to think like this is this is family and I you know family you generally care about and caring is one of our core values. So um, you know I I've just seen over the, the the last handful of years you know the more we work on culture and leadership development the more we care about our people. Again, the more we do, you know, uh, start caring about each other more and and serving each other more, and that just, you know, it just uh, continues to ripple all sorts of good good things that happen around here. People, you know, people go out of their way to do things for each other, and you know, our retention, our, our attrition has gone down from you know 130 percent, you know, in 2012 to you know under 30. Um, so that tells me that people are, you know, people can choose to stay or they can choose to leave. And, you know, what we saw, you know, 12, 10 years ago was that there was a lot of people choosing to leave. And I think we behave like a lot of other companies, numbers first, you know, financial metrics first, shareholders first, and then let's work on everything else after that. Well, you know, we've proven that if you, you know, flip the narrative there you and, and focus on culture and, you know, developing people personally and professionally, and treating them like family, and staying true to values that people, decided, hey, I'm going to stay because I've worked for a lot of other companies and no other company's ever been that consistent. Um, and, and, and the stats show that, you know, money's not what keeps people there. It's important. But, you know, they just want to go to work 40 hours a week and have fun and not be miserable. You know, it sounds pretty easy, but, you know, if 88% of the people in the country feel like they work for a company that doesn't care about them, it means it's a lot harder to do and stay consistent at than what it sounds like. You've been something of a pioneer around workplace wellness programs. So tell us about Take the Step. Yeah, so, you know, I think it'd be really hard for us to do what we're doing around health and wellness in the workplace if we didn't have a solid culture and we didn't have people, you know, attentive and waiting for the next thing we were going to do around caring for our people. Um, but after 10 years of culture training and just listening to our team members and what they need, um, you know, every year we add a couple new things to our culture because we're just, we're ready for something new and different. And then this past year, it was, you know, health and wellness. One of our core values is caring about people. And, you know, a lot of us were sitting around saying, you know, health and wellness is a problem in, in the world. Um, there's a health crisis in the world, especially in America. So if we really care about our people, how do we, you know, how do we, uh, you know, lock arms and, and do meaningful things around health and wellness because what we found is with a meaningful culture and meaningful values that you know people feel that we're gonna that are gonna stay consistent we're gonna continue to adhere to on a regular basis they wanna they wanna you know uh, do things together and health and wellness you know whether it's philanthropy that we've done and we do as a as a business or whether it's you know our culture and values journey and you know, personal development and leadership development that we do, we, we do all this stuff together. Well, health and wellness is one of those things that, you know, once you get that culture, you know, solid and moving in the right direction, I think you can 
attack health and wellness a lot more meaningfully than just putting a bunch of health and wellness initiatives up on the wall and saying, hey, we need to do this and try this. And so. And what are, what are some of those components of that program? Yeah. So, you know, we kind of, you know, we're sitting around a table early last year and said, we, we want to do something meaningful around health and wellness. And we said, okay, well, what are, what are we going to do? And the first thing we did is said, look, like leadership coaching, personal development coaching, our philanthropy work, you know, we've had to put resources behind, you know, what we call our culture department. Uh, most people just put it in HR and just have HR people handle a lot of these, you know, initiatives, but culture shouldn't be an initiative. It's most people would argue it's the most important thing a business does. So we have a, a culture department and a VP of uh, culture and leadership and Amber uh, leads a team of about 30 people. So all wrapped up in culture, which health and wellness is a component of that. We have dedicated people and I'd argue, you know, whether it's culture, leadership development, philanthropy, or health and wellness, you can't, you can't make meaningful progress if you don't dedicate resources, you know, and it's, it's funny because traditionally and historically businesses have said, well, you know, we want sales and we want a good HR department. We need IT and we need, you know, accounting and finance. Well, we put people there, but we say culture and, you know, culture and leadership development is really important, but we tend to put no people there. So we've just made a decision as a company, anything that we're going to do to care about our people, we're going to put resources there. So the first thing we did last year was hire, you know, a director of health and wellness. Um, we've since added, um, you know, and then it's just an innovation track from there, like everything else. And we started culture and leadership journey. Uh, we were doing nothing. We were just trying to go after the numbers every day. Well, once we put people in place and put, you know, started innovating and saying, hey, what can we do that would be good for our people to move the culture forward, whether it's values or cleaning up the plants or having listening sessions with our team members or putting leadership coaches in place to coach our frontline team members on the front lines of the business and personal development coaches um, uh, in place to help people with their personal, you know, uh, crisis and troubles and opportunities and things like that. Um, you know, we, we, we did the same thing with health and wellness and we've seen a progression over the last, you know, we've only been in this for 12 months. So we've gone from zero to five people. Um, the first thing we did is create a communication uh, app. So a, uh, we just call it Lippert Life, but it's, we've got over 5,000 people signed up on it. And whether it's, you know, our daily leadership notes or whether it's our daily, um, uh, our chaplain, our company chaplain puts out, you know, a, a big note every, every morning uh, or whether it's all the, the health and wellness challenges we put out there. It's one way for us to communicate with our, our team members, but we really use that platform for health and wellness to drive, you know, education and, I say the biggest things we're doing right now, sorry to take so long to answer your question, but you know, we've hired somebody, number one, uh, so that we can drive you know, uh, improvement and progress. We've, you know, if you looked at any of our social media, we launched a mobile medical unit here in the last few months. <clears throat> it's a real cool looking RV that we kind of created a doctor's office uh, with a nurse practitioner and a couple of nurses that drive around and hit about 30 of our facilities uh, on a weekly basis. So it's kind of a pilot program for us, starting with one. Uh, but we've seen over 700 people in the last few weeks that we launched it. Um, and whether it's, you know, dispensing some common medication, you know, kind of give them some free, quick, easy healthcare, <clears throat> doing um, just, you know, checkups, uh, talking to them about, you know, doing blood panels, uh, because our, our big campaign right now is say, know your numbers. 
Uh, when I do my listening sessions weekly with the plants, one of the questions I ask them when I get to the health and wellness component is how many people know their, their sugar number, you know, and it's usually one in 20 or 30. So, you know, I, I go back to them and say, how can you, how can you save off diabetes in, in yourself? And more importantly, your family, because you're, you know, you're influencing your family, you're leading your families. How do you, how do you know what to do? Or if you're in trouble, if you don't know where you're at. So part of our campaign over the next two years is going to try to get as many people as we can to just know what their critical, you know, whether it's cholesterol, heart health, uh, you know, their diabetes, things like that. Just the, the, the big 80-20 of health and wellness, just to help people become educated as to what the numbers mean and where, they, where they're at and what steps they, they may or may not need to take. And by having a mobile medical unit that kind of runs around to our facilities, we can you know, we can at least ensure that there's progress there and track it and monitor and, you know, get people engaged. And of course, when you're in a little business like ours, once people start talking inside the business, you know, the word travels fast and people start challenging each other and, you know, it just kind of goes from there. This is incredible or an incredible example of holistic leadership. The fact that you're saying um, that you're listening to people, you literally have listening sessions that's so powerful. And that's obviously how you make a program that's not top down and that's not sort of imposed on people, but instead you're really listening to the things that, that people need or people want. And out of those it sessions- It really shouldn't be such a crazy idea, but unfortunately business, it, it really is. Yeah, especially as that line blurs between all the different areas of people's lives, I think then there's much more of a role for that kind of leadership as well. Um, and what out of those sessions, what have been some of the things that you've been hearing? When we started doing listening sessions back in 2012, when we first pivoted in our culture, um, you know, they wanted new vending options. They wanted bigger break rooms. They wanted, you know, hey, look, I don't want to eat out on the shop floor or in my, on the parking lot or in my car. I want a nice area with microwaves and refrigerators and good food choices. Um, well, the, um, the, uh, Health and wellness area isn't any different. I mean, they're gonna they want you know you want to say well what about a, a gym membership you know and like well how about we just put a you know uh, a workout facility or area in every facility so it's there. I mean gym memberships to me are you know it's how do you know that they get used and how do you know but we can actually monitor you know and measure you know you know in the discussion about health and wellness that you know I spend time you know we've got. You know, about 8,000 people right here in Elkhart County, St. Joe County, where a lot of facilities are. So, you know, we found a, a, one, of a, one of a handful in the country. It's a heart scanner that takes a 3D picture of your heart. So we've been, you know, uh, you know told, told our team members in, in this area, at least, that, hey, look, if you sign up, we'll send you over there. Um, we'll, do, we'll, we'll take care of all the costs. Uh, and again, it gives, it's, we've had about 600 people roll through that. Uh, over the last year that we've been offering that program. And, and again, you know, we found that not a lot of people go to the doctor and they, whether they don't have time or they don't think it's important or they're, they haven't had a health problem yet. And that's the biggest problem with our health crisis today is people don't go to the doctor until they have a problem. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's not a good way to manage your health. So part of it's just reprogramming people's thinking and saying, you know, start young, get a, get a history. Um, and heart health is part of that. Um, you know, it's one of the biggest factors of people's declining health is just their heart health takes a turn in the wrong direction, whether they haven't taken care of themselves or they've, they've got, you know, genetic 
you know, opportunities. Um, but having 600 scans does a lot more than the people that do go to the doctor just getting, you know, having a doctor, you know, hold a stethoscope up to their, their heart and listen for a little bit. So, you know, we've actually saved um, three lives. I mean, we had three people that needed emergency surgery from that. So, you know. It, Moving away from the health side of things or physical uh -huh. side of things, more into mental or emotional health and well-being as well. Another critical place where you can really save lives or impact lives, improve lives. What are the, some of the things that you've implemented there as part of the program or some of the things that you're hearing from the workforce? Yeah. So, you know, it is uh, heavy, heavy on our radar because we hear about it on a regular basis and you, you know all too well, you know, how COVID is really, you know, it's, it's probably you know, driven the number of cases and awareness of, you know, mental health and instability there, you know, to all new highs. So, you know, we're addressing most of that through connecting our team members with, um, you know, outside counsel and, you know, professionals that, that do that kind of stuff. Um, you know, we, we do have personal development coaches on the inside of our business, about 10 of them that, you know, we'll sit with people and work through them through crisis. So I think that that's something we do different than a lot of other businesses. Sometimes, you know, all too often and historically businesses have said, hey, look, you know, you come into work, especially a manufacturing company, you know, uh, where it's a little bit older school, it's, it's coming to work, leave your personal baggage at the door and get in and do your work and go home. And that's just, a, you know, unfortunately, just kind of what people have been told over the years. And, but, you know, what we tell people is, hey, look, you can't separate your personal life from your work life. It's all the same. You can't forget about a personal crisis when you walk that you've got going on in your life when you walk through the door. We don't expect you to forget about that. So if you're really struggling with those types of things, we have resources on staff to, to help people. And while we might not be able to solve the personal crisis, sometimes we can. Um, but in some cases, um, you know, it's stop, that personal crisis is stopping them from doing the real effective work that we need them doing here. Uh, because it's just on their minds all the time, it's blocking them, they're stressed out, and they're, they're anxious. So, you know, so we do have resources on staff in terms of personal development coaches. Um, I think, you know, we have a Dream Achiever program where we sit down, we've sat down and had over 2,000 dream sessions in the last three years, and we just pull people off of our front lines that want it, that want to have, you know, um, you know, kind of a, a goals and a life planning session with us, and we take a few hours and we extract dreams and goals and bucket list stuff. And then we, we turn around and we say, uh, we, we, you know, we help them drive actions toward those goals. We, uh, we work toward um, holding them accountable to those goals. And, and that kind of stuff is freeing for people. It, it, it kind of combats some of the mental anxiety and depression people have just in, in life in general. Um, you know, and the stat I, we always use around here is 88% of the people, this is a Harvard statistic that comes out every year in a study, but 80% of the people in the country feel like they work for a company that doesn't care about them. So you tell me why we have a mental health problem and why we have depression and anxiety. Well, how are people, how do we expect people to react if they feel like they're spending 40, 50 hours a week with a company and people and leadership that doesn't really care about them? So I think the culture piece and the caring piece and leading well piece does a lot for, you know, um, you know, mental health and, and everything around mental health, but um, but but it doesn't cure everything. So we do have you know we do have resources on staff and off off the company sites. That I also there's another interesting stat which is um, that Americans are some of the most 
stressed people in the entire world. And I wonder, first of all, if you're really seeing that and hearing that, and secondly, what you think are some of the, the major reasons for that? Yeah, so again, we try to, you know, we try to break as much of that down as we can by being just true to our values so that people know when they walk in the door that, you know, we're not going to, you know, jump down their throats because they're not meeting numbers and they don't have to worry about, do I come in and get ready for, to be defensive or do I come into work and everything's going to be like it was yesterday. So I think, you know, culture helps, you know, that balance out. I think, you know, good and healthy cultures, um, you know, help smooth anxiety and stress out. I know a lot of people around our business that, you know, that come in every day, they just say, look, this place is different. I feel different here. I'm never leaving here because I worked a day other places. And, you know, my boss has screamed and yelled at me. They were unreasonable. Uh, they favored other people. And just, you know, when people live in that environment, I think that's what causes a lot of stress and anxiety for people. Mm-hmm. I mean, life's tough enough as it is. You throw that on top of people. Um, I think it, I think it becomes that that's why we have a problem. So, you know, around here, we say business can be a force for good. And that's one of the things that we mean when we say it is that the culture is healthy and it's consistent and the values are present and people can walk in the company, whether they're outsiders or insiders and pound on it and know that it's going to be consistent. I think that helps, you know, it helps send people home in a more positive, secure, confident, you know, light. And again, if we're pouring leadership coaching into them, which we do, you know, thousands of hours of leadership coaching internally with our own staff here for our, our frontline team members and people around the business, you know, they go home, you know, and they, they probably lead their families better. If we teach them how to lead, lead themselves better here and lead teams better, if they're leading teams better inside the organization, they don't forget about that stuff when they go home. They don't forget about our core values. They don't forget about our leadership values. You know, everybody here serves together, so they don't forget about the certain, you know, and we ask them to bring their families when, when we do do that. So uh, when we send people home in that kind of light, I think that it, I, I know that it has a positive impact on the people that are around. And that's kind of how we ripple, ripple good out to the world. And business can do that. It has a potential to do that. We just have to make, you know, a decision as leaders of businesses that that's a priority. And that we're not just going to put numbers first and shareholders first and everything else comes second. Because that's exactly what's going to come. That's exactly what's going to happen. If people and culture and leadership development and stuff comes after the numbers, then you know you can you can count on stressed and anxious people and you know uh, all the things that drive all these things that we want to get better in the world. You're obviously very ambitious in this area. Could you share some of the things, if you look ahead over the next year or the next couple of years, um, how you're thinking about growing on the achievements you've already made in this space? Yeah, so, I mean, there'll be more, you know, creative ideas around. I mean, we want to take, we want to drive the the mobile medical opportunity to all of our facilities. So we've got to figure out how in all the geographical pockets we we can put that resource out there. Um, and again, you know, it's going to be several years of just driving education. People didn't get where they're at, not going to the doctor, not caring about, you know, a blood panel and what those numbers mean. Um, any other area around health, it's just not a first focus for people. So it's going to be years of reprogramming. And, you know, what I guess is that when people stay around here over the longer term, they're going to become, you know, more, you know, health and wellness aware of, of things and then they'll take that to their families too. So again, that impacts broader and then the families will, you know, they'll talk to their families and extended families and talk to people eventually. So, 
you know, it's just like our culture. We didn't get to where we were at overnight. It's taken 10 years to get here and we still have a, a long way to go. Um, but I think that there's, there's all sorts of other things. Um, you know, we want to drive health. We think that, you know, we can also drive healthcare costs down if less people are using healthcare if they get healthier, right? So it's just a, you know, what we charge our team members is a direct correlation to how much our, our, our work population uses our healthcare. Um, so driving that, because they, when I ask what they'd like to see change in the business, I mean, there's not a, a listening session I do where people say, man, our healthcare costs are too high. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, we can change that. You know, we've got to be intentional and we've got to, you know, do health and wellness together. There'll be lots of things to answer your question. I just, you know, I can't, can't predict the future. I just know that on a track, we always get with innovation and creativity and we free our people to think that, you know, they'll keep coming up with the next, you know, new idea that'll move the needle. That was the Work-Life Balance podcast by Alanza Wellness. Alanza is a platform for family balance and the future that helps people create the lives they choose and helps employers support a happier, healthier, more balanced workforce. Want to find out more about how we do it? Head to alanzawellness.com.